Hey, wrestling fans, this is Paul Diamond, and you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And you know who I am. I'm Wolfie D. And my co-host, Jim E. Screet. Love to call him <laughs> Screet. We done talked about this. Everybody put your iPhone on a female British character and put your insert as Jimmy Screet. And it is so fun when you tell them to text them or whatever. Because <laughs> she says, I want to talk to Jimmy Screet. So I- <laughs> I love it. I love it. But today, man, I'm so excited, Jimmy, man. I haven't talked to this dude in years, and I was a huge mark for this guy when when I was a kid, a teenager, and then got to travel around with him, uh, wrestle him, and become a friend of his and a friend of his family's, man. I, I cannot wait. One of my favorite gimmicks in WWF that... Almost like Spellbinder. I love the Spellbinder character, and they shit the bed on that. I thought they shit the bed on his Max Moon character. I'm talking about my good friend, Paul Diamond. How you doing, my friend? Oh, man, it's great to hear from you and uh, be on here with uh, your wrestling fans, your uh, group of people that uh, I guess have been listening to you now for almost a year, man. That's great. Great to be a part of it. We, like we said, man, we're honored to have you on and you know how I feel about you and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Jimmy, uh, before we go to break, anything you want to say to Paul before we come back and get into the nitty doggone gritty? I will say this. (laughs) Paul is not only an incredible wrestler. He is the first pro soccer player to be on the podcast. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, let's have a word from our sponsors, then we'll come back and talk to Paul Diamond. Sounds good. Be right back. Hey, folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're back. And like I promised you, I got my good friend Paul Diamond. Paul, man, uh, the thing about stuff like this for me is like, man, we rode up and down the roads together. Shit, I watched you as a kid. So there's many layers to the relationship that I feel I have with you. Uh, As a kid, I learned like because I was a huge fan of Bad Company. I love Pat and I love you. And I was also a fan of the Orient Express. I love that tag team. I thought you guys were just so good because uh, tag team wrestling is a lost art. We know that. Uh, right. And, and I really like to say that a lot of stuff that me and Jamie did, we mimicked 
the guys before us, and, and you were most certainly one of them. But let's go back to what got uh, – uh, I get the first thing was soccer. Where does pro wrestling come into Paul Diamond's life? Okay, well, so uh, – and I don't know, uh, you know, uh, if people are aware – uh, I was born in, uh, well, it used to be Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it is a neighboring country to like Italy and Austria, Hungary. And uh, so that's where I was born. And I grew up there. And in, uh, in 1974, um, well, I, you know, I think my father had realized that, you know, the, the country was falling apart. And uh, I guess I was an only child to, to provide a better life for me. So, if I could real quick, Paul, chime yep. in that. Tell me, like, as a little kid, and, and, and man, my history is not great. What what was going on at that time? Were there wars going on? Was it just like, what was your life like there in Croatia? Okay. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, it, it wasn't, the, the country at that time was uh, actually under communist regime. So yeah. uh, it was a little bit different. Uh didn't didn't uh, well I, I was fortunate because my father did very well he had his own business and so i was the kid in the neighborhood that had all the stuff you know i had a yeah. ping pong table a basketball hoop but that that wasn't the 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 norm uh yeah. for you know back then i still you saw horses and uh, horse-drawn carriages going up and down the road and we did not have uh you know soccer fields any any cow pasture any open space that's where we played. Uh, man, we, we struggled, you know, at times to find a ball. And uh, I remember you know, kicking one into the woods and the thing got punctured and we left without a ball. So we did what we, with what we could. But like I said, I, I was fortunate and my dad did well. But he also, right. again, was seeing, you know, what was coming and uh, decided to uh, go ahead and try and uh, get out of there. And we were fortunate to be able to leave. Uh, 1974, I was uh, 13 years old. And, uh, you know, we moved to Canada. Now, uh, my father had played soccer uh, and, uh, you know, living in Europe, uh, man, you know, soccer is about it. It's, it's right. all anybody uh, wants to do. Right. And that's what I had, was dreaming of being a professional soccer player at the time. So, yeah. as I said, you know at what? 13, uh, just just as a kid in America growing up man, um, and I've I've learned to understand that this is not right anymore. But as a kid growing up in America, in, in, in Nashville and stuff, like we felt like all the kids that played soccer were like pussies. <laughs> I know so, what's coming. Go no, ahead. And, and, and no, I absolutely realize now that that is not the case, man. Soccer's a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is that for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. pads. Uh, no help. But, you know, what's the what's the <laughs> what's the worst injury in soccer you ever had? Uh, well, you know, actually, when I was uh, playing, well, I had a couple. I, I dislocated my shoulder. I, I was a, a goalie in, in soccer. And so when I was 16, I dislocated my shoulder and this continued on and on. And actually, to this day. You know, my, my left shoulder is messed up yeah. uh, and I have limited range of motion. And the other was I, uh, I tore a, a knee ligament uh, playing professionally back in 1982 for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. So, yeah, man, I mean, so, you know, stuff happens. All right, let me ask you this, because, I mean, you know, I've done some wrestling schools and different things like that and worked with different people. 
And I've heard a lot of uh, even NFL and collegiate athletes say wrestling's the hardest thing they ever did. Was soccer or wrestling harder to you? Well, I, I think definitely wrestling, just because, you know, how many uh, nights a week we worked. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, soccer, you, once the season got started, you played twice a week, usually Wednesday, Saturdays. So, and then, you know, in between that, you have a practice. Say you played on Wednesday, Thursday, day off to kind of recuperate from the game. Friday, you'd have to be getting ready for the next game and Saturday you play again. So, yeah, it wasn't like that. Well, you know how the wrestling business is, man. We're, right. you know, working 250 days a year. So yeah. uh, definitely uh, much more difficult uh, wrestling is than soccer ever was. All right. So uh, you you were trained by the Malinkos. How did, how did this all come to pass? Okay. So uh, I was, you know, so I, when I got to uh, Canada and, you know, finished high school in Canada, Got a soccer scholarship, uh, uh, went to Old Dominion University, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. And yeah. then uh, just like the NFL has a, a, a draft. You, you you went to college. What did you major in? What was your like shit or whatever? So- so- soccer. <laughs> <laughs> soccer. <laughs> okay. So you're not going to yeah, tell me I'm like a- you're a doctor of some bullshit? Come on. Doctor no, of man. No, 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 no. I, I left. I left after my, uh, the, my sophomore uh year actually so right. uh, freshman year sophomore year after that season was over uh i had an opportunity to go play professional soccer and that's what i came there you know was to get yeah. an opportunity to do that so as i yeah. was saying so uh, the league that i played for was the north american soccer league they had a draft just like the nfl has the draft nba has the draft yeah. and uh so in 1980 I was the sixth pick overall in the first round of the North American Soccer League draft. Damn, cool. my si- yeah, my signing bonus was all of fifteen hundred bucks. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what you know. What that's what soccer paid back then, and especially uh, you know they they, they brought, brought people from overseas, Europe, South America, and those are the guys that made the money. If you yeah. were Canadian or American. Uh, you know, you, you survived, but hell, I would have done it for nothing. You know, I, I was, uh, yeah. living you in were, Tampa. And I don't sorry. know, I haven't looked this up, but, and, and don't be modest when I ask you this, you were good, right? Well, I mean, to make it uh, into a professional league, you have to be decent. Yeah. Right. But, uh, I, you know what? I, I never really got enough. I mean, I, I played some games. Uh, I wasn't uh, a steady starter, but yeah, I did get to play. And then, you know, the three, four years, well, 1984, the the whole league went down, went under. The, you know, they ran out of money. They were stupid right. to pay all these guys a bunch of money that they never should have. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, again, to be able to be able to play professionally, you got to be decent. But uh, I know yeah. I wasn't a big star or a starter or anything like that. So then, go back to all right. That's so. Right. So this part of my life ends, right? 1984, uh, yeah. the league folds. And uh, well, you know what? I, I've always, I've wanted to be an athlete or make a living at, at some kind of sport, right? So, you know, people say, well, why did you get into wrestling? I didn't want a real job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, I was actually, I got, I got a job just uh, briefly between the soccer and uh, at uh, Gold's Gym in Tampa. And uh, Joe Malenko I was training there, and that's so. That's how I got hooked up with the Malenkos. I met him, and he told me his father 
you know, had a wrestling school. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, and you know, growing up in, I, I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada, which at that time had, uh, Vern Gagne's AWA. So that's what I grew okay. up watching. Okay, uh, yeah. so I, I did watch wrestling prior and, you know, I kind of thought, especially after talking with Joe Malenko, you know, well, man, I guess, you know, if you're a pretty good athlete, I could probably do this. Yeah. And, uh, in, in Tampa at the time they had, uh, every Tuesday night at, uh, Fort Hesterly Armory, they had wrestling and, and I wound up, you know, going to watch there and stuff. Uh, I remember, you know, watching Jake and Dusty and Mike Graham and all those guys and, so that, that kind of drew me to it. And then especially, you know, when I met Malenko and his father had a wrestling school, that, that's how so who, I who, uh, got started. Who, let me ask this. All right. We're, we'll, I want to go into more of what the training was like, but also uh, like who drew you in? What wrestler made you go? Yeah, man, I can do that. Or I want to be that. Was there one? Mm, man, you know what? I, you know, I, I don't really think I, I, I had like a, a specific guy. I just, yeah. uh, I thought I could do this. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I was kind of uh, giving my best shot. And, you know, everybody was saying like, oh man. And, and that's funny, you know, back then, like right now, you know, there's a million and one wrestling schools and you can get just pay somebody you get into the wrestling business. It wasn't yeah. like that, you know, back then. Right. Although, you know, I mean, yeah, you with Malenko again, he was very, um, well, I think, you know, he wanted to keep the school going. And, and if you, you know, beat the shit out of somebody, uh, they probably weren't going to come back if they weren't a tough guy or something. And then he was out, out money. So yeah. it, it wasn't like, you know, going to Malenko's school, man, I am so grateful because it was the best, I think. But uh, no, they, they didn't, you know, beat the hell out of me or nothing like that. They try to do some fitness stuff and then, you know, push you a little bit. But uh, he was kind of worried about, you know, losing uh, his numbers, uh, his students. Yeah, yeah, and yeah stuff. of course. So, of course. Yeah. Of course. All right. So, Jimmy, I've, I've dominated this thing. I know there's questions in here. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, I got a couple here. You know, one of yep. them is your name is Thomas Borch. Is that correct? The, uh, the... That is very well. Not not Thomas, Tom, but yeah, Tom Borch. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Where did you come up with the Paul Diamond name? Uh, you would have to talk to Ole Anderson about that. <laughs> okay. uh, so my first re- my first wrestling job was in uh, uh, TBS. You know, NWA. And Oli, Oli owned the company and, you know, he was in charge. And so I showed up for TV that first uh, day and, uh, oh, Paul Diamond, where's Paul Diamond? Uh, he came from Tampa. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I guess that's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know if you guys know, I'm sure you, you probably would, but th- there's actually in your original Paul Diamond. I think that was actually his name was Paul Diamond uh, okay. back in the, uh, you know, maybe 20, 30 years prior. So I think, and, and we kind of sort of look a little bit alike and stuff. So I think that's where Ole kind of uh, may have gotten it from. Like, I, I'm just my, my guess at this point. Yeah. And so right about this time, and I it, keep me on my timeline here, please don't let me take you off yours. It, the American breed team, this is kind of when your first interaction with the guy that you would work with all through your career, essentially with Nick Kaninsky and then also Shawn Michaels on that team. Talk about American breed and that start. Uh, so again, as I said, you know, Atlanta was my, my first territory where I worked. 
shortly after I started there, a couple, three months, uh, I went home one weekend to Tampa, came back for the next TV, and uh, Jimmy Crockett had bought out uh, Ole. Man, so there's like 100 guys there. Right? I mean, you know, they had all their guys from uh, Mid-Atlantic, from North Carolina and stuff. So I didn't like, you know, I mean, they, they let me work for like, I just started, man. I was green as grass. I'd, you know, been in the business for maybe, I don't know, three, four months uh, as far as, you know, actually working full time. And so they, they let me go after about a, a month or two. And uh, I wound up uh, getting books in San Antonio. Uh, it used to be Southwest Championship Wrestling. Joe Blanchard used to run it. Well, you know, he... Uh, sold it to this guy, Fred Barron. He was like a car dealer guy. And the thing was struggling, but hell man, I was just looking for work. So yeah. when I got there, you know, they, they, they didn't have much talent. They were just looking for young guys and, you know, give you an opportunity to do something. So, you know, and actually, I don't know my, my, they were looking to, to uh, put together a tag team. My initial first partner uh, for that was Frankie, the Thumper Lancaster. Are you familiar with I remember him. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so yeah, that, so we were, uh, that was my first tag team partner and, uh, briefly maybe a month or two, uh, he got booked, uh, with Bill Watts in Louisiana. So I was left without a partner, uh, Nick Kaniski, they brought in and, uh, man, he, he, he just, I uh, hate to say it, but it that just it never did work out. He yeah. was very green also, and, and they just, it, it wasn't working. And at that time, uh, Sean, uh, he had just got, he started, and he actually also worked for Bill Watts. That was his first territory, and I think he was in Kansas City for a bit. But then they did, you know, he was going to come back home. So they, they brought him back home, and at first they tried to push him as a singles guy. But, I mean, you know, hell, he was like, I don't know, 19 at the time, and, uh, you know, that just wasn't, uh, working out either. And, and since Nick Kaniski and myself, uh, didn't really work out, they decided to put Sean and I together and actually called the team, the American force. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, right. And, 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 you know, so for the next, uh, few months there, uh, you know, we, we tagged together and actually things, uh, really, uh, got going, uh, doing pretty well. You know, we, we rode up and down the roads together. We were both very motivated to learn. And, and, and he was, man, uh, I mean, uh, you could kind of tell. I mean, but, you know, a hell of an athlete and, and, and very, very. uh about Sean? What's up? Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll lead, like, later into uh, me coming to Texas and, and, and working with you and. and right. For- and all that that's this just uh, i love how all of our stories all tie in together man it's really cool right all right so we've kind of gotten to awa and everything and so that was kind of the thing you watched as a kid for for me it was right Memphis. so so right. like right. me and jamie being pg-13 16 time tag team champions means so fucking much to me you and pat tanaka were AWA tag team champions, something that you grew up watching. What does that mean to you? Oh, man. I mean, you know, it was, a, well, just, I, I don't think it really would have mattered where, uh, but yeah, the fact that it was the AWA uh, yeah. was uh, extra special, right? Yeah. 
So yeah. no, I mean, that was very cool. Yeah. And you know, it's not sure it was very beneficial as well, especially, you know, being on ESPN at the time and, and they yeah. aired that stuff over and over. So we got some good exposure from that. Yeah. And you and Pat were so good, man. I swear, uh, I think I told you off, uh, off air, but like I, I really feel like there was a lot of teams that uh, once me and Jamie got together, there was a lot of things that I tried to mimic uh, as far as individual wrestlers, but then also tag team wrestlers. And I swear to God, man, you and Pat, man, were just good, especially like one of my favorite things, man. You know, these guys today is like, what can I do to get myself over? What moves can I do? The way I always thought was, what can I do for you to make you look good? And we'll right, yeah. And you guys had like when someone would come in for a hot tag. Oh my God, Pat Tanaka's <laughs> yeah. bumps. Oh my God, I mean, right, there's right. nothing on earth like it. And then you were also a compliment to that. And, and, and man, that just, that type of shit, uh, made me, like I said, with Jamie and we, we just, we manipulated our shit into new shit, but it was older shit. We kept watching everybody else and let's put this in there. Let's put this in there. Let's put this in there. And I promise you, Paul Diamond, you and Pat were very much a part of what I put into my shit. Well, I thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. But you know what? We did the same thing, man. We did. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Midnight Express, uh, Rock and Roll Express. Uh, and, you know, like you said, though, you know, for us, it, it was getting the other people over was what was going to get us over. Uh, you know, we, we, we had some cool moves and stuff. But, you know, for us, just getting the hell beat out of us, getting people yeah. over. That was going to be what was going to get us uh, the furthest. And so, you know, th that's what we did. Let me say this real quick about Bad Company. I remember, please don't take any offense in this if you're listening, Shawn Michaels, but I was a Rock and Roll Express fan. So just like Wolfie probably didn't like Demolition because of him being a Road Warrior fan, I really did not like the Midnight Rockers. So also at the same time, bad company you guys were one of those first what i would consider cool heel tag teams meaning you were too cool to hate fully but you also were dastardly so they did hate you and you were working you know a great a excellent style do you remember feeling like that paul like do you remember saying like man we're pretty freaking cool this team i mean not to not to say you know, toot your own horn, but kind of toot it if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess uh, to a certain extent, and, and especially when we were in, you know, getting started in, in Memphis also. Uh, right, just, right. You know, the, the, the bad company song and our outfits and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was cool, but uh, I agree with you, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you had, had, you know, uh, obviously, and, girl wrestling fans and stuff and you know it, it, you know how Memphis was right they, they didn't want the heels to have any girls like you so right. <laughs> uh, they would always get they got pissed off at us in, in Memphis over that let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors and we'll be right back with more live and in color with Wolfie D
Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. This is the, to me, when people ask me this, this is like the hardest question. And I'm going to give it to you. Before, and I'll preempt this, before we go into Orin Express, let's just, we're talking bad company before all that. Right. Who is your favorite I, I I hate it when they say this. Who's your favorite opponent? Who did you have the best matches with? Who like when you go, man, I want this match to be remembered. Do you have one? Yes. Yeah. Just because. Well, you know what? I as far as the favorite match, uh, a lot of wrestling fans to this day still bring up. Well, I, I guess. Now we're, I'm sorry, I have to go into the whole thing, the Orient Express, but so the, the Royal 91 Royal Rumble in Miami with the Rockers, okay. uh, you know, and that, cause I get that, you know, when we'll go to, uh, autograph signings and stuff and I still get a whole lot of people. Wow, man. I always, I, you know, that match was, you know, out of this world and it was, and, and you know, so I, I get that. And so that, that would be the favorite match. And, and that kind of ties into also, uh, favorite opponents or, and I mean, uh, the rockers, we just had it, you know, yeah. clicking together. And we, we worked together quite a bit, AWA, even in, in Tennessee a few times, uh, yeah. and just knowing, knowing Sean for all that time. So, yeah, I mean, those, those guys were my favorite opponent. Uh, although, you know, we did well with, uh, Legion of Doom, but, you know, that was just kind of, getting bumped around, but you know, I thought we got them all. Yeah, well, I, I think we all fun. did good with them as long as <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, no. So, uh, you know, as far as that, yeah, I think, you know, that the Royal Rumble awesome. match. Awesome. Go back and watch that. Yeah. It. Yeah. You've worked with the sheep herders, the midnight rockers, the Guerreros, Brad Rennigan's Kim Patera with Dale Wilkes yep. and the destruction crew. Really? I yep. mean, a lot of people overlook AWA. If you weren't near that territory, gladly, I was happy that it was on ESPN, but man, you guys were working some stellar talents right there. That's a, that's a hall of fame list right there. You know, had to make you yeah. better. Oh yeah. 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 And, and you know what, at, at that time, AWA was kind of, you know, uh, in a downward spiral, you know, after Vern lost all the talent to Vince and stuff. And uh, it, it was a struggle. I mean, so the, the, the matches that you mentioned, yes, you know, those guys, and it was just for, you know, uh, TV. We didn't work that much at the time. They were struggling to, to get bookings and stuff. But no, yeah, man, it was great. The, like you mentioned, the Guerreros, that what an experience, you know, that was. And I knew Chavo from previously. Uh, but yeah, and then also there was guys that were, you know, pretty green and stuff. And, uh, so you, you learn, uh, from other people. Also, you get a chance to teach the young guys. So, uh, all that, you know, I, I mean, it, it was really, uh, a good experience being there, but, uh, it just, the fact that, you know, we probably didn't work enough. 
uh, and it was a struggle financially to survive. Yeah. So obviously you guys, like I said, one of, if there is a Mount Rushmore of tag teams that, that are, this is the coolest tag teams. Bad company is definitely on that Mount Rushmore right there. So with that being said, you know, I know Pat was already up in the WWF when the Orient Express and you came in and stuff. Was there right. ever a discussion before that of bad company going to the WWF? Never. Never? Uh, gotcha. No, nope, nope, never happened. Uh, you know, a- after uh, we were done with uh, the AWA, uh, I mean, man, actually, you know, at, at that point, uh, I had considered uh, quitting the business because there just wasn't a whole lot going on. And, and unless you had a connection to get into the WWF, you yeah. weren't going to make any money. So, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, Pat had already been up there and, uh, one day, I, I guess they had asked him, you know, where I was or whatever, and, and uh, they had called me and uh, had me fly out. Actually, I think my first match for them was Oklahoma City. They Somebody didn't make it or a couple of guys missed, whatever, and so fly, flew me out there, and uh, that's where it all started. But, you know, with them, uh, at the beginning, I was just, uh, you know, uh, Paul Diamond, the guy that was putting people over. Right. Uh, it was kind of a, uh, and, and, and I love Barry Horowitz and, uh, you know, great talent, but it was that kind of spot, just, you know, uh, putting people over. Let's get off of that because I don't want to go into Barry Horowitz. I love Barry. <laughs> no, I, well, you weren't going to. I just, you know, I didn't want to insult him or just, think that, uh, you know. Right, I love right. Barry. <laughs> Barry was awesome. He really was. I, I'll tell you, as a little kid, it was funny because, uh, you know, in Memphis, he was, remember Stretcher Jack Hart? Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That was I, bad. I was there. Yeah. I, actually, I yeah. I was there when he when Jack Hart left from uh, Tennessee and and got hired by. Uh, yeah. Yeah. and he yeah. got so hot, man. I was a kid, and I was at the municipal office. <laughs> knew where the guys came back, where they went to the locker room, and me and my buddy was sitting down there, and he was Barry Horowitz. It was a WWE or WWF show. And uh, I just knew him as Stretcher Jack Hart. He came back through there, and I said, "You know, I'm just a. I was a smart mark before there was a thing. But anyway, right. yelling at him, I'm like, "Hey, Stretcher Jack Hart," and he's like, <laughs> "Not my name, punk." Oh man, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, so let's go to this, man. This is what I want to get to because there's there's so much uh, coincidence here. Max Moon, I want to know. <laughs> all right, so what year was that? First of all, and then I want to tell uh, you, like me and Chris Champion. I don't know if me and you ever talked about this, but me and Chris Champion had this thing that was so Max Moon, and I can't remember what year you did it. And like, God, we all were on the same brain, uh, brain wing, uh, brain wave, uh, and 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 then I came up with the cyberpunk thing. So anyway. Max Moon, I loved it, and I was so fucking pissed off when they, I felt like they jacked it around, didn't do it right, you know, whatever. Tell me about how that came about, whose idea, what the fuck, tell me about Max Moon. Yeah, man, for sure. So, yes, that was Conan's gimmick. Conan's idea, right. So, you know, he, they, they, uh, they brought him in before that, and I actually wound up working with him just to see, you know, they, whenever they 
we're going to bring somebody in. I, I get to work with them. But so, yes, <laughs> the Max Moon gimmick was uh, uh, Conan, Conan's idea. And, uh, you know, but man, this thing, it, you know, you, you're on the road, man, 25 days a month uh, yeah. uh, with WWF. It was never going to work because initially, other than, you know, the, the, the spandex outfit, uh, mm-hmm. when Conan originally, this thing, man, it had this helmet with these running lights. It had the, the like shoulder pads that like kind of like football pads, but you push this button and the smoke came out the back. And actually <laughs> what they used for that was the stuff that they uh, had in, um, uh, fire uh, extinguishers. So that is, you know, pressurized stuff. Yeah, you could not, you could not put that on the plane. You could not carry that on the plane. So yeah. what you would have had to have done is to empty all that. And then every city that you went to, you'd have to go find a place that filled fire extinguishers <laughs> and get, you know, so man, yeah. this yeah. just yeah. no wasn't going to work. Had these leg, right. huge robot looking things. And, you know, so, I don't know what the hell Vince was thinking, why he thought that was a good idea. But regardless, uh, you know, Conan, initially, they hadn't really even come up with a name yet. They were going to call it the Comet Kid. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, when Conan had done a couple of dark matches, you know, coming to TV and stuff, getting all this ready for, for the debut and then. And uh, yeah. I think it was Hershey, Pennsylvania, I think. Uh, TV and and man, they he, he never showed, you know he was he was uh, anyway. So uh, I, I don't know if you've been around there, but you know they they had the three sisters that uh, were making all the uh, yeah, yeah, costumes yeah, yeah. For, yeah. from Chicago for for the guys. And so I, I was talking to them, uh, you know, saying, "Hey, shit, man, they rushed you doing all this stuff, and now you don't even have anybody to fit into it." I bet you, if, you know, if you make a few small changes, I could fit into it. And, you yeah. know, we were laughing and being kind of loud. And then, like, Vince's office was, like, across the way, not very far. And, like, he opened the door and stuck his head on. He goes, what, what are you guys, what, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? I said, oh, no, I was just telling them about, the, you know, this thing. And, uh, if, you know, he made a few small alterations. I probably fit into it. He goes, yeah. uh, he rolls his eyes and he shuts the door. And we, you know, continued on carrying the conversation and stuff. And then uh, maybe a half hour later, the door opens and like he looks out and I'm still there. Right. And he points at me and he goes, you, what, <laughs> what I do. <laughs> right. Uh, no, come here. And so he, he has me come into his office and then we're standing there. He goes, you know what you were talking about earlier? You got it. It's yours. He fucking shakes my hand and says, you can do what you want with it. Wow. <laughs> So talk about being in the right place at the right time, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And and you know the funny thing, and not very many people well, they they wouldn't know, but uh, prior to me getting the opportunity to do the Max Moon gimmick, uh, when I was still in the Orient Express, and I think the Orient Express was coming to an end, uh, yeah. one of the, one of the TVs, uh, Pat Patterson approached me and said, "Vince wants you to grow your hair out." I said, "Oh, why?" Well, we're gonna do you and Janetti as the new rockers. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Right, but then, then uh, shortly thereafter, Janetti uh, uh, had a run-in with the law in Tampa at a club or some. You know, he yeah, he got arrested and 
yeah. so there went that. So I just kind of was working as Cato, uh, you know, again, putting people over. And, you know, then this other thing falls into my lap, which is unbelievable. <laughs> Well, before yeah. we go too far from that, I have to ask you this because, well, one of my favorite matches that's the most, one of the most underrated matches of all time is your 92 Rumble match versus the new foundation with Owen and Jim. But before we leave this area, I have to hear any Fuji stories you have. I, I just. <laughs> Fuji uh, stories. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? Yeah. You know, the, 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 the weird thing is, and I, again, you know, people wouldn't know. Uh, but we, Pat and I were responsible for Fuji always rode with us. Uh, I, I don't know how that worked out. And then they had him where he didn't have to, you know, we all had to like, you had to rent a car and split the cost and stuff. But I, I don't know for whatever the reason, but that was a part of the deal was we had to you know, drive him around and, and he would never uh, have to pay for uh, the cars or anything. But no, you know what? Fuji, uh, he, he, yeah, he, oh man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then my, my I, I'll, I'll give you my favorite Fuji story. Okay. Uh, and, and Fuji was this kind of guy though, that, you know, he, he loved to rid people and he didn't like to be rid back. But <laughs> this, this Fuji story, and, and yeah, it, it is my all time favorite. So <laughs> we were in San Antonio, Texas, uh, working the rockers. Uh, Pat was hurt, I guess, or I, for whatever reason, he wasn't there. And, and so Fuji was my partner. Right. And so we go, go, we go in the ring. I'm glad, man. I wore a mask that night. Uh, yeah. And you'll see why. So we go in and you know, the match starts and, and like Fuji start, he wants to start with Janetti and you know, all of a sudden, man, he's doing all his chops and stuff and kicking the snot out of marty and stuff and marty's selling and you know how you know he does his bow to the crowd right you right. know he's actually yeah. a, when the the baby face is selling and he, he's bowing and stuff so he, he does the bow to one side marty's on the ground selling uh he turns around and he goes to bow Janetti reaches up and and grabs the back of his tights and pulls them down where his ass is exposed and a piece of toilet and a piece of toilet paper falls out of his ass. Oh man. Uh, and, and, <laughs> I'm trying, and the people fucking died. I'm like, Oh my God. I was crying. I'm like, I said, I'm glad I was wearing a mask. <laughs> that, that was the end. Of, that was the end of seriousness for that match. Yeah. <laughs> so the toilet paper falls out. He pulls his, pants up he grabs the toilet paper ropes rakes Janetti across the eyes (laughs) oh man Uh, we got in a little trouble over that one oh my god that's hilarious Marty still has pink eye (laughs) Uh, right I mean who who would have thought and obviously you know Janetti was in on it too but yeah who would have thought of doing something like that he never told Sean and I man that was oh my god dude (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable I've heard a story about a barbecue and a dog with it yeah. Well, that, uh, I, uh, so, okay, uh, now that you mentioned that, nothing like that, but I, I do <laughs> okay, have another one. That. We got something uh, <laughs> And this, yeah, not really very cool, but, uh, you know, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we were, in, I think, in, in Syracuse, 
uh, New York after a TV and uh, one of the Japanese photographers, Jimmy Suzuki, uh, something like that. Uh, Suzuki, right, right, right. Okay, so he's Fuji, myself, Pat, a couple other guys sitting at the table and you know drinking some beers and stuff. And Jimmy Suzuki man goes to the bathroom. Oh yeah. my god, dude! And Fuji pisses in his beer. Oh, while man. he's gone, while he's gone, and and then he comes back and drinks it. Oh, and, man. and and then Fuji tells him what he did after he drank it. Ooh, yeah, man. And, oh, and so god. he started he started bawling, and you know, oh my god, dude. Yeah. Throw up? No, he didn't throw up, but he started crying. Yeah, <laughs> he was crying it out. Yeah, <laughs> it out too. I think. That is, yeah. I mean, I've heard he's a brutal, brutal river, so he could. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah, there, there was, you know, there was a, uh, I, I don't know if you got how much time we have. I Keep got going, more. brother. A yeah. night where, where uh, you know, everybody was like, I don't know, Soma, so it's a tranquilizing type of a pill that, you know, yeah. when you eat, yeah. you kind of pass out. So uh, they right. were in a restaurant, uh forget the town, but with Buddy Rose and, um, you know, Buddy Rose winds up passing out. I am at the hotel, which is like two doors down, whatever. Fuji calls me, goes, bring a razor, (laughs) (laughs) bring a razor, man. And, and, uh, they shaved the top of his head, like the hair, like a, a circle. So it looked like, you know, he had a, like a beanie and next day was TV. So they drew some stitches on the top of his head. <laughs> that was the reason why I had to uh, supposedly, you know, say his head. Oh, man. Oh, my oh that's God. rough. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Oh, my God. But yeah, so Fuji, but, but you know what? And, you, and that, you know, going in the other direction, you know, uh, man, you especially didn't touch his uh, top hat, and I know Janetti squashed it one night. He was pissed. So you know, yeah, he'd love to rib other people, but he wasn't so good at taking Take the ribs it. himself. Yeah, well, <laughs> rest in peace, Mister Fuji. <laughs> yeah, yes, rest in peace, so, Mister Fuji. So, Paul, uh, let's go into. Let's see. This was what nineteen ninety. Six or seven, when I finally meet you, um, you come to Memphis, right. uh, you and Steve Dahl, Steve yeah, Dunn, yeah, yeah. together against me and Jamie and stuff like that. And it was like a total honor, man. To And then Patrick was even in there, too, and some of that. But it was mostly you and Steve. Man, I was so uh, so happy to like be able to work with you and stuff and travel with you. We had some good times, man. We had some fun. <laughs> some of them I don't even want to tell, but. You know, yeah, right. Well, we, we'll just leave. <laughs> I really want to say yeah. that uh, I respected you uh, as a worker, as a kid when I saw you, but then when I got to know you and also wrestled you as a professional, I was very uh, like honored. And you taught me a lot, and you were very good. And I appreciate your friendship. Well, I appreciate yours as well. And uh, you know, I, I really wasn't aware that's how you felt, and. Uh, I, I'm glad I, I, I helped and, uh, you know, we try to do that uh, where we could. So, yeah, man, it was fun working with you guys. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. And everything. And then you and Steve would get so mad at me. I'm not going to talk about what y'all got mad at me about, but 
dude, that's a, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative in a way. I hope this don't sound wrong that you shared that with us, man, because that's a, man, that's a shitty situation. That sucks. And for you to be able to come out and say that, that's awesome. Uh, and to be able to share that with some of my listeners. And I know some of my listeners, uh, are just like me. So, you know, I have, uh, I've done stuff better in my life. I'm probably not Paul Diamond better, but I'm <laughs> better. I'm Wolfie yeah. better. And, uh, uh, I can continue my life on and, and I just, Paul, I'm so grateful to have you on this show and talk to you, brother. One thing I didn't say, you remember stopping at every McDonald's and you're like, I don't want the bun. I don't want the bun. <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you go here, we do a little thing at the end of every show. It's called current affairs. Basically all it is, is we talk a little bit about the current stuff in the business, just maybe your opinions on some things. And it's sometimes better if you're not involved. W- would you mind to join us on a couple of those questions? No, man. Uh, by all means, go shoot. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be right back with Current Affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. Loving in color. It's a current affair. All right. We're back with Current Affairs and Paul Diamond, a.k.a. Cato, a.k.a. Max Moon. AKA all them people, but at the same time, (laughs) he's with us today to talk a little bit about current affairs. So right now, basically in the business, you know, there's some of the top dogs in that industry. You, you know, being from Winnipeg, partially Winnipeg is a hometown to you. Are you familiar with probably one of Winnipeg's finest right now? Kenny Omega. Oh, wow. No, I had no idea he was from Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, he's one of when okay. and he and Chris Jericho both. Jer- Jericho, I knew of course, but yeah, yeah. not not. Uh, okay, yeah, go ahead. No, it's fine. It's just a curious if you knew about him and and had seen any of his work at all. Uh, yeah, you know, I I thought he, he was uh, you know very good. I guess he's uh, injured himself, and uh, I don't. Know, I was reading about. Not sure if he'll be back or you know. Right. Obviously, I think he has uh, holds himself in high regard, and you know his matches uh, are awesome. And if he can do that, I guess he was saying that he didn't want to, didn't think that he, you know, would want to be less than he's always been. So yeah. Well, you know, there's always that that hook that brings you back sometimes, but at the same time, oh, of yeah. Course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, at the same time, you guys. One of the things that I always like to think of is these dream matchups. One of the dream matchups I've always thought of is PG-13 versus the Briscoe tag team. I think that would be a great money-making you know, pair. One of the teams that I can imagine you guys, as in Bad Company, making a lot of money with is a team called FTR. Are you familiar with that tag team at all? I am. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that that wouldn't be a a bad thing. I can see that being, uh, you know, good. I, it just, you know, for me, you know, today when you compare, uh, the style of work and, and the moves and man, it, it just, uh, nobody sells anything. Uh, you know, you True. have to, uh, be an acrobat to be a wrestler and I'm not sure where it's going to end. Yeah. Uh, 
you yeah. know, it's, it's just crazy. And that, that's why I don't really care for it that much anymore. And, you know, as Wolfie mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, as far as tag team wrestling, man, I, you know, I watch it. It's like, damn, what are you guys doing? Wow. Right. Really? <laughs> right. So, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm very grateful and very lucky to have been uh, in the business in the era where you had, you know, as we said, you know, LOD, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, uh, you know, all those teams that really knew how to work. And, and you know, you didn't have to uh, do a triple flip with a double twist to get the yeah. thing over. <laughs> hey, well, Paul, let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Who's the best wrestler of all time? Oh, man. You know what? I, I can't say one, but to me, the two guys... And and it just basically because of the psychology, Nick Bockwinkel and Jerry Lawler. Oh yeah, ah, I love it. I love it. Lawler is always on the top of my list at everything. <laughs> and yeah. and <laughs> this uh, this flare pay per view with Steamboat, you know, backing out or whatever. To right. me, the only person that would work on this that can make it really good would be Lawler. Yeah. If they don't put him in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, you you talk about Lawler and Nick Bockwinkle, two honest Mount Rushmore talents for sure. Are there any current workers that you do enjoy watching? Oh, man. Hmm. Trying to, you know, what was, I'm trying to think what match it was. Uh, I don't know, man. I, it just, you know, it, it just seems like, Again, you know, you, everybody's doing a million and one moves, and none of it means anything. Yeah. Uh, none of it sticks. Yeah. So I'm try. I'm. I can't remember right now. I, I may have seen. I think I, you know, saw a match that I thought. Think it was, about this, man. Uh, I, know you, I know you've seen this. You've seen the, uh, the before Jeff got arrested. You've seen the the kid dive off the. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 The. On yeah. Jeff through the chairs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Here's my thing. All right. I mean, immaculate, whatever. If you want to do that. But that was just a move in a match. To me, that is a angle seeking. I hurt him. He's out for a month type move. Right. Not not continue on and moves, yeah. just a move in the match. And I hate that. Right. Yeah. yeah. That means nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but who, who's your favorite soccer team? How about that? <laughs> who's my favorite? Well, I, I, you know, I follow my, uh, Croatian, uh, soccer team there, you know, so there's no question about that. Dinamo Zagreb, look it up. All right. <laughs> I will. I, will. Uh, I mean, I'm still very involved in the man. I, uh, soccer is still my life and I follow it and, uh, uh, Hey, tell everybody, Paul, where they can see you at on social media. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Cool. You yeah. got. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, man, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, I am not uh, <laughs> that much of a social media guy. Oh, I got you. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm not. Uh, you know, I would probably not be if it wasn't for my kids. I wouldn't. You know, they made me go on Facebook and yeah. stuff, and then now uh, my wife, uh, you know, got me an Instagram, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not. Hey, and uh, it, 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 to bring that up, man, your wife, what is she? She's a competitive bodybuilder. Is that the deal? 
yeah, 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 yeah. So she just, uh, well, she'll be 56 in, in October. And, wow. you know, uh, she she's had some things that she's uh, went through over the last few years, but that's another story for another day. But so she there, there's, there's a company, WBFF, and uh, they have actually a transformation uh, uh, division, right? Yeah. So what you do is you show them pictures of years or a couple of years, whatever, where you were, you know, way overweight or whatever was going yeah. on in your life. And, and then you uh, come out there uh, and, uh, you know, do the thing, trans- obviously transformed from that, uh, you right. know, people losing 100 or more pounds or went through cancer, which, you know, she has, she's a uh, breast cancer survivor and uh, had you awesome. know, again, other issues. So, yeah, yeah, that's, man, she, she, I've never seen uh, anybody, including a woman, and especially at 55, uh, work as hard as she does you know, doing cardio twice a day, uh, plus, you know, lifting weights and still, you know, she walks dogs. So all of that, man, it's crazy. And the diet that she's on, I forget it. Last two days. Thank you, Paul, for coming on, man. It's been an honor to meet you and talk to you and hear your story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Anytime you want to come back, we'll watch a match and talk about it. We we do these things called watch-alongs where we'll watch a match and Wolfie will kind of talk about what's going on in the match. So if you ever okay. want to do yeah, that, that, let us know. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Great Thanks. to talk to you, Wolfie. Love yeah. you. Take care. Thanks again, once again, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. It's been my boy Paul Diamond, me and Jimmy Street. We are saying peace out. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. The podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all, and all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Booyah! 
So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. He got a And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging. Don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping Wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop Been doing it like this since 92 Played low for a while and you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected Bad skills, no faking, that is no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for data Not here to play games, so you better be real You don't like me, so what? I really don't care Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped When I finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about Gonna wind it up and I'm driving it home with Spooky D, baby. Huh. I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.